This is Witches, Bitches, and Dead People with Intuitive Oracle Jamie Hearn. Jamie stirs the cauldron with witches, shamans, healers, psychics, and mediums who bravely share their power and give you insight into what conversations with dead people really look like. It's probably not what you think. Sometimes hilarious, sometimes macabre, and always informative. Hello and welcome back to Witches, Bitches, and Dead People. I'm Jamie Hearn, and today I'm chatting with Dr. Chris Mochin. He is a graduate of Drexel University with a doctorate in educational leadership and management. His interest in metaphysics stems from both a gifted family lineage and a need for alternative healing of Lyme disease. He has been reading tarot for over 25 years and is a certified level one and two theta healing practitioner. Welcome, Chris. Thank you, Jamie. It's nice to be here. Your, uh, your bio, I feel like is a little shallow and not a really good depiction of who you are as a spiritual leader, really. So tell us a little more about your spiritual background. Okay. Well, um, both of my great-grandmothers had uh, some very distinct gifts. Um, they were both uh, what we would call mediums today. And that has been passed down through generations to not only me, but my brother and sister are also gifted. So um, this has been around my family for decades. And who knows, maybe lifetimes. Um, yeah. But it, it's been a very interesting uh, journey, to say the least. And that's true. It is a journey. It's not ever static, and it's not a destination. It's part of this experience we're having. It is. And, you know, the, there are people who will take what we live and think it's not... They, they think we're out of our minds, but they're missing a really good show because if you can just step back and breathe and take in what is going on around you, you'll be much more aware and it will improve your life. Honestly, sometimes I think this might be it. I may have broken with reality. <laughs> <laughs> That's possible you know, for all of us, the way things are going. <laughs> right. Um uh, you are a masterful tarot reader. Do you say tarot or tarot? I say tarot. Um, other people say tarot. It's for me. It's like um, you know. You say tomato. I'll say tomato. It's still whether you say a tarot or tarot. It's still the same thing. So to me, yeah. it, it really doesn't matter. Got it. How did you first get introduced to tarot? This is really funny because a friend of mine used to have Halloween parties, and uh, one year. She said, why don't you come over and bring your tarot deck? Because I was just at that point, you know, you know, just trying to understand it. And I brought them and I read about five or six people. And it was amazing how accurate the readings turned out. So um, from that point, I started really looking further into it. Um, it it's really um, a process to learn because you have a 78 card deck you have 24 major arcana and the rest are minor arcana. And you have to learn not only what the suits mean, but combinations of these cards that come up. So there are infinite possibilities when you're reading tarot. 
Well, and I'm sure the more entrenched you become in the cards, the more intuitive it is for you to identify the message behind certain sequences. It is. Um, you really can really open up your intuition and uh, get more information based upon what you see in front of you. Um, and it's, it's funny how you get feedback weeks later from people mm -hmm. that say this, this really happened or this is the way it really was. Um, it, it's just ironic how you can get so much more than just what the card says. Cause so many people that just start out, they'll do readings for people, but they're reading out of the book. Not a good look. So you shouldn't really be reading until you have a good understanding of what each card means and what the combinations say. And I think that's true for Oracle too. Yes. Um, that's a, a different system, but the same precept applies. Like if you're having to look to someone else's interpretation, you might not be ready. Yeah, that's true. Um, because I, I've listened to, over a hundred readers on YouTube and I'll catch different people saying different things about different cards. And I often wonder why, but that's, that's what resonates with them. That's the message that they're getting. And in most cases, it's the right one. Yeah. So I know that you have been in this, in this spiritual world for quite a long time. When did you first start getting into theta healing um for years people have been telling me you're a healer you're a healer and i'm like oh, i don't know if i'm a healer or not because you know reiki didn't resonate with me um there are other healing modalities that came and went and um i knew i wasn't ever going to do acupuncture so um a friend of mine put me onto theta healing and i started looking at it and i was intrigued and this was in 2021. I took my uh, DNA one certification class for Theta. And uh, I had a great instructor, Fred Salzman, uh, really opened my eyes to another world. Interestingly um, enough, hmm. Fred came up in another interview I did with someone else. So, mm -hmm. yes, it's the same Fred we keep talking about. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, I learned so much in that weekend, and part of the Theta journey um, is a soul fragment retrieval. And on the second day of our class, we learned how to go about doing that. So um, that night, they said, why don't you go home, play with one of the, the different things in Theta, and see what happens. So I had an intention to do four soul fragment retrievals. That is where you've felt that you put so much more into a situation than somebody else or, you know, put into a relationship more than what you got back. And um, I had intended to do four that were still, uh, you know, coming up from my past. That, that seems pretty motivated for. Yeah. However, <laughs> I ended up doing 23 that night. What? Yes. <laughs> I did. I, I 23 situations that I wanted to, to get rid of or fix. And um, I live uh, on a lake and I envisioned myself on a, on the dock and um, everything was, was dark outside. So I, when I started doing these, I envisioned these light particles coming from the other person across the lake. And I was sending back what um, they had given me. And 
it, it was just such an amazing experience. The next morning I got up and I felt so much lighter and I went into class and Fred looked at me and he said, what happened to you last night? You look so different. <laughs> and from, from there I was hooked. I mean, Theta has so, so many things um, that you can use to get rid of past burdens, you know, heal different things. Um, and it really takes burdens off your shoulders that you've been carrying around. You don't need anymore. And, you know, as, as, uh, practitioners, you know, there's a lot of different ways to go about trying to get rid of past burdens. But for me, Theta has been the answer to that. So can you give me a little bit of background on Theta? I, I mean, I obviously have awareness of Theta, but our audience may not really know what Theta is. So Theta healing for me is using uh, the frequency of sound and light meditation um, and, you know, a light hypnosis. You're not going out, but you're feeling very relaxed. Um, We're not actually putting people under, but the level of meditation that they reach with the Theta uh, frequency um, seems to invoke a bit of a... uh, hypnotic effect and it really isn't any different than uh, when we reach REM sleep um, we have been or are in the theta state so that is where we have dropped all of our inhibitions and we are connecting on a higher level so that healing can come in as a practitioner what I would be doing is I would be using a uh, a script that I would be getting from the books that we the lessons that we have learned, and I would be actually witnessing the healing after connecting to the Creator of all that is. Now, this all started. There was a woman by the name of Viana Stibel or Stibel. I, I don't know what the correct pronunciation. I never but, know either. Yeah, um, she had this miraculous healing. She um, was able to. Um, fix an issue where she had a tumor in her leg. And from what I understand, the doctors didn't understand how it was there one moment and not there the next. So um, she has done a lot of healing work for herself and people around her uh, area. And then from there, it just, it just took off. So many other people are getting a benefit from it that uh, I have done. I I just got done the other night uh, doing a, a set like an introduction to theta healing and it was sold out so many people are looking for healing these days um that this is i think this is the best mode so far that i've seen well i i concur that it is a very powerful tool um and i want to shine a spotlight on something that you mentioned we are not as practitioners affecting the healing but witnessing it that's Which correct. I think is a an important thing to mention because so many healers have that like pedestal, I'm a healer, I'm better than everybody else kind of mm. energy. Theta right. healers do not. Right. Theta That's healers correct. are very much in it acknowledging the powers that be. Right. Um, you take a look at Reiki, and Reiki can be very, very good, but for me. Um, Reiki is a little bit of a temporary energy. It just didn't stay with me. Um, plus Reiki, um, the, all the energy of healing flows through the person who's delivering it with the theta practitioner. We're just witnessing it. We're invoking that healing through the creator of all that is, and we're watching it happen. Um, so, you know, 
is sometimes a Reiki person will get so tired because of all that energy where um, the Theta Healer can do multiple healings in a day or even a weekend uh, and still come out as fresh as they were when they went in. Yeah. Uh, and I would encourage anyone who has an interest or curiosity about it to learn more because it's definitely a useful tool, even if you never interface with another person, but to have for yourself. That's true. Um, I, you know, it, people ask me, you know, how do I have to prepare for a, you know, data session? I'd say, you know, drink water, make sure you're hydrated, but come with an open mind to knowing what you want to heal. What is bothering you? Um, because that often leads to stuff that you don't even see. So um, talk about stuff you don't even see. Like I've done sessions with Chris and mm -hmm. in the moment I'm like, I want to work on this, this, and this. And then he stirs the pot. I go home and I'm like, oh my God, all of these things are coming up that I didn't recognize the association. Mm -hmm. And the release goes so far beyond those three things that I said, Hey, Chris, I want to work on this. Right. Let's, uh, well, we'll talk about one of the most popular ones. <clears throat> it's uh, love. So if you've been in, in relationships and over and over and over again, um, nothing seems to work. Um, we would look at, are you afraid of love? Do you even know what love feels like? Do you know what it is? Because people get into situations where they get into relationships where they've never experienced true love. And they'll either think it's too good to be true or they're not worthy of it. Uh, there's so many things that go into this. So um, it's like very much like seeing a plant uh, where below the surface, there's a lot of roots. So each one of those roots has a different purpose. And especially when you're dealing with theta healing, because you can go off in so many different directions with one thing that it can often lead to a much greater healing process for you. Yeah, definitely. And we're so unaware of all the tentacles of those roots and beliefs and programs that they can catch us by surprise. Right, exactly. Um, they, there could be things that we didn't even consider that later on we say, wow, that really was a factor. Mm -hmm. um, and, and like I said, it, it leads to a greater awareness of yourself. And it also leads to um, the releasing of a lot of burdens where you can go forward without fear. Fear's another one. That's a big one. Um, you know, fear, anger, resentment, that's all carried in our liver. And, you know, sometimes somebody will come to you and say, boy, my, I have soreness in my liver. And then, you know, I'll ask them, do you have a physical issue there or is it something else and they say oh, no there's no physical issue so i would automatically look at you know regrets rejections uh grudges that kind of thing to release and um it's amazing how many people will change overnight uh just because they've released all those yeah i mean we've seen people clients what or in class whatever literally exhibit a physical shift in how they show up like one woman she was releasing some trauma from you know whatever mm -hmm. and she was i think in her late 60s early 70s 
and you literally could see age release. Mm -hmm. She had fewer wrinkles. She had like dewier skin. It was amazing. Yeah. And you really have to think about these things as, you know, if you were to tie two 10 pound weights on two ends of a string and put it around your neck, um, think about the relief you'll get once you are able to not wear that anymore. It's a pretty similar experience. You can find yourself walking a lot easier and, you know, flowing through life a whole lot better when you don't have to carry those past things that you've been carrying for quite a long time, but didn't know it. Yeah. That's a great analogy. Cause so many people are carrying things that seem invisible, but are really heavy. Yes, exactly. I, I worked on a woman um, at an expo last year and she came up to me and I'll never forget the look on her face. She was just so distraught. And she said, did you ever do anything with past child abuse? And I said, first time for me, but I know it can work. So I worked on her and I was there probably 35, 40 minutes in and things were flowing nicely. And all of a sudden she starts crying. So I asked her if I could put my hands on her shoulders just to send her some unconditional love and, you know, feelings of worthiness. And she let me do that. And by the time I was done with that, she had stopped crying. She turned to me and she said, I've been trying to release this for 35 years with different therapists. She said, you were able to do that in about a half an hour. I have so, like, yeah, yeah. Great. You can have some great healing with this. And, um, you know, I, I'm committed to staying with this because people get so much out of it. Absolutely. Um, that raised another idea. You do a lot of work in person, mm -hmm. but it doesn't have to be right. No, no. I've done sessions over the phone and over Zoom. Um, that have been just as effective as if somebody was sitting in front of me. It's not about the physical presence. It's about the energy. So, you know, if, if you're to the point in your career where you can attach to energies over distance, it, it doesn't matter. You know, it still works the same way. Yeah, I think that's important because sometimes people are, are reluctant or resistant to go see a healer for whatever reason, but they'll have a conversation on the phone or they'll jump on a zoom call with less resistance. Right. And you know, other things too, you know, there've been people in the past who've taken advantage of that situation, you know, bringing a vulnerable person in and then all of a sudden you hear stories about, you know, things that aren't legal. So um, yeah, I think whatever makes the, the uh, client more comfortable is the best avenue. Definitely. Um, so let's shift gears a little bit. Sure. And I would love to hear your opinion on the current state of, of the metaphysical world and where it's going. Okay. Um, my opinion. I think that we have a lot of very talented people. Um, I think that we have beginners that push themselves out into the field too quickly. Um, like I mentioned before with tarot readers, um, if you're still having to read the book to, for the meaning of the card, you're not ready. Um, it's, it's just not a good look. You don't look professional. Um, you know, there are, there's this big thing between, uh, you know, modern medicine and spiritual work. Um, they should work hand in hand, but 
you know, in a lot of cases, it's like, oh, they just say, oh, not, that doesn't work. That's just garbage. But, um, you know, when one of them experiences that, uh, that healing, it often changes their mind. Um, it, it's all, it all comes down to how, how, um, how do I put this? How committed the person is to learning their craft. Because, you know, if you go through a weekend seminar and you learn this and um, you don't do anything with it afterwards, you're not going to retain, you're not going to get better. So a lot of it is practice. When I first got my uh, certification, I did 10 free sessions just to make sure I knew what I was doing. And it really, really helped. Um, But as far as the state of uh, metaphysics goes, um, I think there's more of an openness now than there were 10 years ago um, for people to accept this. Um, And it's more about self-care and self-help. You know, no doctor is going to write you a prescription to get a theta healing. So you you can do that on your own. You don't need their approval. Um, But, you know, there have been people in the past who have taken advantage of people. I think that number has definitely um gotten less as there's more eyes have been opened up to metaphysics um we also have the quantum realm which we're dealing with um as you know you know fred you and i have been experimenting not only with theta but with gamma and gamma is an unbelievable world um if we can get to that mind state we can solve anything that that's my belief that's how strong i think it is um but I would say, you know, things are shifting. A lot of the old ways of thinking are going to be going by the wayside over the next few decades. Um, you know, we have to, as a society, you know, not only metaphysics, but everybody, we have to stop dragging our knuckles. Hmm. You know, we got to start forward thinking here because what, what the things of the past are, are they're not working. And there's got to be a better way to, you know, we, our constitution says, um, you know, all men are created equal or the Bill of Rights. But it's not that way <laughs> right now. Um, you've got the people who have and the, a lot of people who don't have, and they're, they're struggling. So um, I think metaphysics is one way to create a collective where we can say what's best for all of us, you know, because there's, there's enough here for everybody. So um, I, I, how do you recognize the good and the not so good? And by not so good, I mean people who maybe perfectly good people, but aren't necessarily concerned about the good of the collective. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I do. You, you, you can see the selfishness. Um, they're more worried about themselves more than somebody else. Um, you know, they don't have the ability to, you know, put themselves in somebody else's shoes. Um, you often see narcissistic behavior. Um, it's just this separatist, you know, way that they carry themselves. And the one thing that I've noticed is in metaphysics, you have to have compassion. If you don't have compassion, you don't belong there. Um, you also have people who have been, you know, they'll turn to healing, they'll learn healing, but they won't fully heal themselves before they work on somebody else. So you're putting all your stuff into somebody else who you know, it, it can change the way they react to people. It can change the way they treat people. Um, 
if you're a train wreck, you should not be doing any kind of healing work. You need to fix yourself first before you actually go there. It's such a magnet for people who are train wrecks, though. It, it is. It really is. It's like moth to the flame. You know? Definitely. Yeah. Um, I'm fascinated to see this next generation coming in and how quickly they're evolving. Um, I, I think I told you, I have an 18 year old son who did a couple sessions with Fred because like, you know, he doesn't want to do anything with his mom. That's just not going to happen. Right. But he is so aware of things that I didn't even know existed till like three years ago. And he asks the most profound questions. Like I need, I need that village now more mm. than I did when he was a little kid because I, he's just so ascended. Mm -hmm. And I know he's not the only one. Like I talked to so many parents who have kids coming in, in in this new next generation that are similar. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've noticed that too. Um, I have uh, met people in their 20s right now and, and late teens who um, they, they're not getting caught up in all the BS. So the distractions are fewer. They're thinking more. They're just, they're talking more. Um, it, it's just, there's a big difference right now of talking to a person of that age or talking to somebody in their 40s or 50s who is completely jaded and closed-minded. Um, it, it's a huge difference. So you take a look at our leaders. Most of our leaders are 50, 60, 70, even sometimes 80. And they're not, they're just, they're not where they should be. Right. Um, it's very refreshing to talk to a young person these days and really try to understand where they're coming from. Um, because they're not as distracted as, we used to be at that age, even though there's more social media. Um, I don't find a lot of them are using the multiple streams of social media that they used to. Um, yep. It's changing. It's really changing. So I'm encouraged by that. Yeah. My, my kid, he's on social media just to buy tractor parts, but, <laughs> <laughs> but he spends a lot of time in communication with his guides and he's receiving downloads of ancient knowledge that I'm like, tell me more. That's fascinating. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> like so much that I, I like, I want to have him interview me and have a conversation on here, but we're still working through that. <laughs> That's okay. Um, I think another thing, another big thing is, you know, all of us grew up during a time where organized religion was very big and we've seen a reduction in, you know, the number of churches uh, around. So, you know, for me, I was raised Catholic. I was raised in a state of, you know, guilt and, you know, fear. And, you know, my mom was a big Catholic and she didn't really understand it until the, her last days on the earth where, um, that was a big deterrent to uh, a lot of things that she could have done in her life. Um, and I think a lot of younger kids these days aren't following that path. They're open to spirituality, but it's on their own terms. Um, we don't need a middleman to talk to creator. Uh, so they're just eliminating it. And I'm really, like I said, I'm really encouraged by what I've been seeing with the young people these days. So, <clears throat> Um, this is a topic that we could talk about for countless hours. Sure. Um, 
But before we wrap up, I would like for you to share whatever story comes to mind that is meaningful around your interaction with spirit. And then I'll tell about the time your mom made me cry in Walmart. Okay. Um, (laughs) When my mom was passing, um, she had, she asked me four days before she passed, what am I going to see when I get to the other side? And I told her what I felt and saw what she would see. So after she had passed, um, she died around six o'clock in the morning. We got a call about six 30. We went up to the nursing home. Um, so we're in there, we're, we're doing everything we're supposed to be doing. And I get a call from a friend of mine, uh, a very gifted uh, medium. And she's from uh, Clifford. Her name is Colleen. And she called me and she said, did your mom just pass? And I said, yeah, why? She said, I have her here. And she said, she doesn't want, she does not want to be buried in the blue dress. She wants to be buried in her alb. And my dad and I, the night before had picked out a blue dress for her. So it it was uncanny. Um, So we both had a chuckle and she said, everything that you told me that would happen, happened. So she said, thank you for helping me pass. So that cemented me um, as far as the spirit world goes. Yeah. Well, your mom is a really powerful energy because mm-hmm. she's come through to me a couple of times. And mm-hmm. um, in all transparency, I knew Chris's dad in, in his physical form, um, but I did not know his mom in her physical form. So Chris's dad was sick and I hate Walmart. I never go there. And I had to go this time because my uncle needed a prescription or something like it it was nothing that had anything to do with me, but I I felt obligated to go. So I'm standing in line at Walmart begrudged that I was there. And all of a sudden Chris's mom came in and it was like this warm, compassionate, caring, loving energy And she wanted me to to reach out to Chris because the end was coming for his dad. And she wanted Chris to know that they appreciated all he had done for them because he's done a lot. Like, and I feel like some of it has gone unacknowledged. So it was really powerful for his mom to come in at that moment, but she was so warm and loving in that energy. I started crying in in Walmart. So I'm trying to check out and the the cashier's like, Are you okay, ma'am? I'm like, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, like the sobbing. <laughs> so now, you know, I, I'm probably famous among the cashiers at Walmart about the sobbing. <laughs> <laughs> That's an awesome interaction. Yeah, I took care of them for 11 years. Um, I had to leave a really good job in uh, Bloomsburg at the time. And uh, 11 years it took, you know, from the point, my mom died a year and a half in for brain cancer and my dad Mm -hmm. lingered on for 11 years total. So uh, he died of uh, Alzheimer's and dementia complications. So um, I don't regret it. I would have done it again for anyone that, you know, was my family. So um, here we are. And I've been given some great gifts during that time and I don't regret it. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. 
Well, I want to thank you, Chris. Oh, thank you for having me. This was great. You've given some really good information about a bunch of things. So I'm sure that our audience will find that to be extremely valuable. Thank and you. Anyone who's interested in learning more about Theta and looking into doing some healing sessions, definitely check Chris out. I'll see you next week. Peace and badass magic. Thank you for listening to Witches, Bitches, and Dead People with Jamie Hearn. If you like what you heard, please subscribe, rate, and review at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen in. 